Uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to another GBSN uh, cross-border webinar. Uh, this topic is business schools and the democratization of artificial intelligence with Professor Dr. Vim Noday, uh, full professor in economics, and Dr. Jacques Ludic, uh, founder and CEO of Cortex Group and Cortex Logic. Now, before we begin, just a couple of housekeeping tasks to go over with everybody. Um, everybody is muted, but we do recommend putting in all your questions, comments, um, and anything you would like to say in the chat, feel free to welcome yourselves. Um, and we will be answering those comments and questions uh, towards the end of the session. And now at this time, I would like uh, Professor Day and uh, Dr. Jacques Ludic to start their videos and begin their presentation. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity and for the introduction, uh, Maddie. And uh, yes, yeah, so, so Jacques and I will share the presentation. I will start um, the first 10, 15 minutes to set the scene, talking about business schools and the democratization of artificial intelligence. And then uh, Jacques will continue. I will, I will give kind of like a, a perspective on the current situation, a little bit also the past, um, and Jacques will continue with that and also give a future perspective. In all of this, we are very much at pains to provide some uh, arguments and uh, call for business schools to promote the democratization of artificial intelligence. And we'll explain what we mean by that and what business schools um, can do. But what we also like to do is to have a mix of both a call it a scholarly or academic perspective on artificial intelligence, thinking a little bit about what it can do and what it should be doing and thinking a little bit about, you know, even some of the philosophical aspects behind that, but also a very practical um, overview and a practical approach. Um, and this is also why um, Jacques is here today as a, somebody who is both an entrepreneur and a practitioner in the application of artificial intelligence. So we hope that it will be interesting uh, to all of um, our business school communities um, out there. Um, so on this note, I want to thank you very much um, and uh, give over now to Jacques to continue and also give us a little bit of a future perspective on democratizing artificial intelligence. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Vim. Okay, Vim, can you see my screen? Yes. Fantastic. Um, without further ado, let me start straight away. Yeah, Vim, I think what you've just done is a, is a great sense, sense making. For me, democratizing artificial intelligence to benefit everyone um, is very much a sense making journey as well. And, and, and I like what you've done with that presentation because it's, it's, it's really a synthesis and sense making in terms of what does what, what democratizing AI mean. Um, for me, it's on the benefits. Well, the one thing is the use. Uh, but, but there's also the benefits. How can we share that benefits to as many people as possible? Um, so I'll uh, do a bit of a deep dive into that, that as well. Um, just very briefly, uh, my massive transformative purpose uh, in business and the things that I'm doing is shaping a better future in the smart technology era and, and wanting business and society to thrive. Um, and that's what um, I'm busy with with my companies, Cortex Logic and Cortex Group as well as a non-profit organization called the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa, 
where we try to also focus on transforming Africa through smart technology. Um, and then Sapiens, I'll talk more about this in the, in the, the talk. Um, there's also um, a specific, uh, there's more details there. I'm, I'm not going to go through all the slides. So the slides will be given us as, 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 as a handout as well. Brief background um, in terms of uh, just myself, I've been fortunate to be in the AI field my whole career. I didn't know, uh, Vim talks about the hype and hysteria, didn't know it's going to uh, be like this eventually. Um, uh, my first AI company, Season Systems, was kind of during the winter period, um, still late 90s, 99, probably say early 2000s. Um, but I started off at Stellenbosch University. Um, I did a, my postgrad, my PhD also in artificial intelligence, focused quite a bit in recurrent neural nets, training dynamics, complexity of, of recurrent neural networks, and then also focused quite a bit in applications. And one area of application uh, during that time was, uh, and the book is also called Neural Networks and Psychopathology, where we applied neural network models to brain disorders. Um, OCD, for instance, or schizophrenia, etc. But I, but I realized there's tremendous value to unlock just with the narrow AI that Vim is referring to. And, and that's why I started a company called Season Systems. That was the first AI company on the African continent that was sold to a multinational, in this instance, General Electric. And GE was still a major company in the 2000s. And I sold that company eventually to GE in 2011. But that, that experience, the word C since then, GE, was, was for me an immense learning experience as well to see how AI can be applied across the globe in multiple industries. So it was invaluable um, to, to see in practice how you can use AI and data to make a difference. And it's not just AI, it's, it's, it was always sensors and instrumenting the world as well, especially if you think about the industrial world. Um, the industrial world was always more instrumented than the consumer-facing world. Things have changed now. We've got smartphones, we've got sensors. I'm wearing an Apple Watch, so there's all these wearables. So people are being instrumented. So it changes the ball game. Incredible amount of potential and value to unlock. Um, briefly, um, I, I did a stint with Jumo as well in in Africa um, or emerging markets where. We've leapfrogged with, with specific applications around financial inclusion, microloans, and making that available to uh, on feature phones in emerging markets. Um, and uh, incredible opportunity to um, also applications of AI, where we actually look at the mobile wallet behavior and look at the call direct records and then infer risk um, uh, from that uh, as well, um, and affordability and those type of things as well. Um, since all of that, I've, I founded the Cortex Logic as a next generation AI company that became part of the Cortex Group. I also founded uh, the African AI community called Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa. And, and then I'm currently on the board of a few uh, organizations, especially in Africa, um, where we're trying to um, diffuse um, AI as well and make sure we spread and build capacity. And right now, I've, I've just recently published a book called Democratizing Artificial Intelligence to Benefit Everyone. It's also talking about shaping a better future in a smart technology era. And, and I reference some of these use cases of my career as well, um, and just sharing some of that as well. Um, so 
uh, with without further ado, so if I just I talked about uh, the the book specifically, I talk about the fourth industrial revolution, or actually I call it the smart technology era because it's not just a, a, a industrial; it's obviously a digital revolution that's feeding off industrial revolution, and even the industrial revolutions is feeding off the digital now. Um, so basically, we, we're sitting in a, in a very interesting space where we see the fusion of a number of exponential technologies, of which artificial intelligence is one. Um, and there's, there's blockchain technology, there's biotech, there's nanotech, there's quantum computing, there's so many things that's making incredible impact. Um, but basically, that is blurring the lines between the physical, the digital, and biological world, and it's impacting all disciplines, economies, and industries, and even challenges, challenging us or challenging ideas about what it means to be human, um, which is for me great, because if you think about, we want to be more human-centric, and I will be talking more about that, and if technology can be smart enough to support us in that role and to figure out what we should be doing and less, doing less robotic and tedious work, um, that, that, is, that's, that could be just a good thing. But we need to be smart how we do this. Um, so uh, this particular slide is just, uh, just emphasizing the fact that um, the smart technology revolution will fundamentally alter the way we live, work, play, and interact and relate to one another. And it's gonna be all inclusive and wide ranging. Um, and the, the impact and what I'm doing in the book even if one thinks, oh, it's not really that impactful and so forth. Um, when you go through the book, I'm laying a foundation and talking about the disruptive and profound impact um, of not just AI, but I'm talking about smart technology. It's almost like artificial intelligence is a proxy for some of these exponential technologies. And they're all interplay. They're all feed of one another. We need AI needs data. Uh, data is created by instruments. Um, so... So what we see is that in every industry, in every country, even if you're in the third world countries, um, you, you are being affected. And we're seeing entire systems of production, management, and governance being transformed. And this blockchain technology that obviously supports decentralization. So in front of our eyes, we see these kind of things. Um, this was actually a, a, a graph from SoftBank and just the way they think about the world. Um, if you think about business value unlocking on the y-axis and you think about, um, you look at the, the, the x-axis, it's time, you can see um, the impact of certain industries over time. And it started with the agriculture, fishery, metals, and then built on top of that, you see the industrial financial um, world also contributing to business value unlocking. And then 1995, you can see the internet era and the massive impact and still the massive impact and growing impact relative to even the industrial and financial industries. But what you also seeing here is, is AI, and that could just be a proxy for smart technology. Um, we, we entered the era where the internet has also helped to create a nervous system effectively for humanity and civilization. And we, we are more instrumented. So there's the, the possibilities now with unlocking value from data and from this interconnectedness, this hyperconnected world is, is tremendous. Um, and my hope is that we use it in smart ways. So the other thing that I wanted to say is, um, even if you think about diffusion, slow and so forth, there's, there's a lot of things that play off one another. There's a number of exponential curves and they are probably all, a lot of, most of them are, or pretty much all of them are sigmoidal, um, but they are feeding of 
on top of one another, interfacing. And there's a bunch of technologies which makes it an incredible toolbox to unlock incredible value. If you work, if you think about just two things, like blockchain and artificial intelligence, and you think about um, AI, decentralized autonomous organizations, um, and the governance, well, that could be dangerous, even in a narrow sense. Forget about super intelligence and so forth, even in the narrow sense, um, um, there is some very, very powerful technology and, um, and, and, and so forth. So, so you see the speed of technology change in the smart technology era. And in the book, I talk about um, uh, just a metaphor that talks about a runaway train, um, for instance. So basically, I communicate here, it is extremely dangerous times where it's critical to think on our feet and make the right choices to not only save our lives and get control of the situation, but also shape a better future for all of humanity. And it is urgent. Um, so, and, and, and the reason I'm saying it's urgent as well, even from Vim's slides, you see he talks about the perils as well. And he listed, I think, a, a lot of the same things. Um, so what I'm arguing for, and I've got specific uh, chapters dealing with this, um, we are on a problematic trajectory. With, and we struggle with sense-making. It's almost like we're like kids in a candy store with social media and smart technology, and we see the deep fakes and all these kind of things and people with different opinions and so forth. So we struggle with sense-making. We struggle with meaning-making. We see um, there's lots of suicides or mental health issues. Um, from, a, from a cortex side, just by the way, we are focused on uh, AI-driven platforms that are focusing on financial and also specifically health wellness. And we actually bring out applications um, for teenage mental health and young adult mental health as well. We would use AI in smart ways to, to provide solutions, personalized solutions that actually makes a difference. Other big one is, is um, and that's why I'm, I'm also, you can't just look at smart technology in isolation. So you've got to think about the big picture. You've got to contextualize things. So if you think about what's happening, the wealth gaps, the potential job loss, we see, uh, that's not necessarily happening, as Vim has also said, but there's, there's still issues here. Um, and there is a concern around that because AI will come for creative jobs as well. The other thing is catastrophic risks, um, discrimination, data abuse, bias, human agency. I think it's a, a big fear about state um, surveillance. Uh, and, and also, if you think about um, uh, capitalism surveillance uh, as well, um, I'll talk more about that also. But dependence locking, we want our freedom. We don't want to be locked in. Um, institutional decay is a problem. Disorder, destabilization of society is a problem. Um, so what we need is visionary leadership and collective sense-making, um, wisdom, practical actions to ensure that humanity and our civilization is moving in the right direction as we work towards unlocking the tremendous potential of AI and other smart technologies. Um, and what I'm doing in the book, um, I'm talking just two slides briefly summarizing that it's this it's a holistic sense making journey. Um, and first of all, it lays a foundation to synthesize a more balanced view and a better understanding of AI, its applications, its benefits, its risks, its limitations, its progress, and its likely future paths. So I've got a specific chapter that just deals with limitations, progress, and future paths, um, even looking at state of the art, what, what is really happening uh, on that kind of level. Um, and, it's, and, and it helps with that sense-making that Vim was talking about. Vim just made some statements because of obviously the report's his interpretation as well in terms of what he reads and what's his assessment. 
Um, but what I do in the book is, is to really look at different opinions and then strongman um, uh, um, the opinions or steel manning uh, the opinions as well and, 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 and trying to understand if there's, um, if there's good points. So it's a synthesis and it assimilates and acts as a filter on a wide spectrum of thought leadership, information ideas, and helps people to interpret and make sense of, of this. And for me, it's very important that we want people, we may talk about democratizing AI, I'm actually talking about not just the businesses and so forth, and, and, and governments and so forth, but the people uh, as well. How can we turn this on our heads that not only the tech giants is getting all the benefits um, um, of, of, of smart technology? How can we get to a world where we address the wealth gap, where we, we use AI to help people live more meaningful lives? And I'm gonna briefly talk about that as well. So we wanna create that better future for ourselves, our children and humanity going forward. Um, so it's really helping to understand where we are heading and given the current dynamics, the global and national economic and political level, as well as ideologies and industries. Um, and then I think we need to be realistic. You've got to think about what is the possible neg potential negative impacts. And then we, then we need to be very practical and how to address that. So we need to design AI for social good and beneficial outcomes. And we need to build a human compatible AI that's ethical and trustworthy. That's all stuff that Vim also talked about. We need to address bias and discrimination. And we need to think about a human-centric AI-driven workplace because it's coming. And, and, and we need to engineer that in, in the right way. And uh, this particular slide is just talking now about some specific uh, solutions as well. So um, for me, it's, it's about, it's almost like a summary word, just to say democratizing AI. Uh, if you look at what Vim, Vim has, did, has, has done there, he's, he's fleshed it out in terms of those three aspects. And I, um, that resonates with me, all of that. I think there's more dimensions to that um, as well, as if you read the book as well. Um, I think uh, we also need to think about um, uh, where we're going. So I think it's important to, that we've also figured out what does it mean to be human and living meaningful in the 21st century. And then, and I'm sharing some ideas for reshaping our civilization for beneficial outcomes, as well as various potential outcomes for the future of civilization, because things can go wrong easily. Um, so I'm doing two things. So there's a massive transformative purpose for humanity that complements the United Nations 2030 vision and sustainable development goals. Um, to help shape the beneficial human-centric future in a decentralized, hyper-connected world. And then there is um, specific action, the specific solution that I'm proposing. It's just a building block uh, in support of this purpose and goals, uh, which I call Sapiens, which is a decentralized, human-centric, user-controlled, AI-driven super platform that pretty much empowers um, uh, people on, on an individual level, community level, family level, um, smart towns, smart cities, um, city-state kind of level as well. Okay, so propose massive transformative purpose for humanity, um, if basically evolving a dynamic, emphatic, prosperous, thriving, and self-optimizing civilization that benefits everyone in sustainable ways and in harmony with nature. And what I did um, in the book, I talked about, I've, I've categorized it into four things. On a systems level, and then on the quantity level, a quality level, and a place level. And if you think about the, the systems level, it's really about driving beneficial outcomes for all lives through decentralized, adaptive, and agile economic and social governance systems that reward active participation and positive contribution to society and civilization 
but also help to keep peace and protect humanity from any potential harm in elastic ways. We need to have that balance. And we've got to respect individual freedom and privacy. That's why I'm afraid of digital dictatorships. We, we, we have, we've got to be very careful because this could easily happen. Um, then from a quantity perspective, we need to use um, democratic knowledge, science, smart technology, AI, in optimal human-centric ways that are based on wisdom, good values, and ethics to dynamically solve problems and create opportunities and abundance and share the benefits with everyone. And there is this is absolutely possible um, uh, to do if we are smart about how we do things. And then the third one is very important for me because we are humans. We, we want quality of life. We want we realize we're social beings, community building is super important. What I really feel that's lacking, even on a school level, education level, is virtues and character strength development. We can use AI to also support, almost like an AI assistant, AI companion that supports people in this as well. Um, sense making. I think people struggle with sense making. Standard of living is obviously, there's lots of gaps, well being, and meaningful living of, of everyone. And then finally, with consideration of the best possible livable habitat, Earth, other living organisms, the environment, and our place in the universe. Um, so, uh, so if I look at the first one, I already covered um, some of the key things here. So, um, so I'm not going to say too much about that. So, what I do have here is when I look at, say, a systems level, I've identified five different goals that complement the United Nations goals. Um, and, and I'm arguing for, obviously, a decentralized, uh, adaptive, agile, economic and social governance systems. And I'm talking about the Retotopia type of world. You can read the book for more details there. We can maximize beneficial future for as many people as possible uh, with many protopian elements and in harmony with nature. The second goal is really around how um, uh, we can create more local, more human city-state civilization. Um, and talking about that, uh, where the, the democracy is more elastic and dynamic, and you've got social structures that are more polycentric and polyarchic elements. And I do have some details around this, so I just want to give you a, a very high-level idea. Um, so goal three is looking at uh, positive, uplifting, compassionate, human-centric society, associated incentives that complement and extend the current evolving workplace by rewarding active participation and positive contributions to society and civilization. We've got to think about that. There's work, but there's um, how do we reward people for positive uh, contribution to society? What does that look like? Um, and then goal four is really we, we, we want to make sure that, and I think Ray Dalio talks about quite a bit about this in his books and in LinkedIn um, as, as founder of, of uh, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. We need to look at capitalism, a more robust, resilient, responsive, dynamically fine-tuned controlled form of capitalism to drive sustainable economic growth in an open-ended fashion um, and maximize benefit to all stakeholders. Um, and there's all sorts of thoughts uh, also on infinite game dynamics where the, the, the aim is more to perpetuate games in the broader sense of the word and limit rivalry where possible. And only infinite game dynamics and limited forms of rivalry where it makes sense to do so. So this is obviously uh, could be controversial, uh, but but that is something to look at. Uh, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go through um, the details, but I do comment on the this SDGs, uh, which I think is very good, um, and also the 2030 vision of United Nations. So there's some very specific comments. There's also some academic um, leadership uh, people that I've quoted that I've worked with. Um, that's also um, that are also worked into the book uh, as well. Um, just very briefly, if you think about the second one, 
we obviously want to use knowledge, science, and smart technology in smart ways, ethical ways, with wisdom, good values, and human centricity to create those opportunities, share the benefits with everyone, um, dynamically solve problems, and then there's specific goals uh, around that uh, as well. And you can see what kind of SDGs also fits in with that. Um, then I think meaningful living, quality of life is very important. So again, Maslow's um, hierarchy of motivational model comes into play. Um, and I think it's important to look at this. Why don't we help and support people, use technology to, for people to live more meaningful? Um, and and you've got to think about this kind of framework of, of things where you not only think about the Maslow uh, thing, but you also think about character building, wisdom, justice, uh, humanity, courage, temperance, self-actualization, all those kind of things as well. And we want to give the, each child the opportunity to maximize quality of life, character building, sense making well-being, meaningful living. So it's not just giving them proper knowledge and giving them certain skills. So the skills should be on the character level, sense-making level uh, as well, and well-being level. So that's why we, we bring out an application that's focused on supporting teenagers on mental health. Um, and if we've got, if we are better equipped, we can use technology to, to actually make a difference there. Um, okay, so there's specific goals around that, um, and I'm not in the interest of time. I'm not going to go too much further detail. And the last one is around making Earth a truly more livable habitat. We know about climate change and a bunch of things around that. Um, we we obviously uh, want to make sure that uh, we 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 create a better environment. So the, the goal 13, 14 is really around that. Make uh, Earth a truly more livable habitat for humanity and as many life forms as possible and reduce our dependence on animal life for food and any unhealthy processed food and so forth and for 14 is make life multiplanetary and I'm sure Elon Musk will like that uh, but I think there's some great potential to be smart about how we do things but we need to figure things out here on Earth um, so we've got a huge responsibility in terms of that and and then um in the just the last stuff in terms of specific solutions. So I'm proposing a Sapiens, a human-centric user-controlled AI-driven super platform that makes use of smart technology and kind of just as a showcase of what can be done. So if we just imagine where you've got the super platform um, and you've got personalized AI agents that not only empower individuals and monetizes their data and services, but can also be extended to families, virtual groups, companies, uh, communities, city-states, etc., to create that framework. So why Sapien? So first of all, uh, we need kind of tools to, that embrace this massive transformative purpose for humanity and its goals. Um, we need to look at addressing this huge gap in the market and society where there's currently no global solution of this nature at scale that makes life easier and more optimized for the user. It's a, it's a very fragmented ecosystem, absent platform business ecosystem, especially in the West. We see less so in China, uh, but but still. And then obviously the problem is if you've got these kind of platforms that are manipulated by state actors, then that's going to be also a problem. So um, you've got to make sure it is decentralized and people are uh, do have control. So there's no solution where the user has full control of their own data with proper privacy and governance without being exploited or controlled or manipulated in some way, as we've seen with social media, as we've seen uh, with recommendation engines that are basically um, engineered uh, to serve the purposes of um, uh, AI-driven platform plays uh, for businesses uh, as well. So the users uh, also do not have their own personalized AI agents that work for them and help to optimize their life. There's no global solution that helps users to monetize their own data and services for their own benefit 
or people that they want to benefit or for society more broadly. And there's no agents for the broader picture. If you think about smart families and so forth, groups, companies, smart towns. And, and finally, you can also have AI agents that optimize the connections between network people that live within structures and even connections across these hierarchical structures. So I'm talking about that. Um, so I'm defining uh, sapiens for the individual user where I'm looking at my data, my AI assistant, my digital connections. And then you can see the specific things that um, this agent can assist you with. Um, lifelong learning, life-wide learning. Um, sense making, um, helping to uh, monetize data and services. That's it. There are already applications out there, browse, uh, even uh, browsers, that's trying to, to, to make sure that some of the advertising money is going to the individual user. Um, so there's already examples of these kind of things. So we, we can engineer these kind of solutions. Anyway, so there's, there's more detailed here, detail here. So I'm, not, I'm just going to quickly go on to the next one. So obviously it functions within a multi-sector digital ecosystem. And then you can look at the, what does it look like for a community? Just imagine you've got AI assistant that uh, where you've got communities instrumented, you've got lots of people instrumented, you've got equipment, you've got systems, uh, infrastructure instrumented, and now you can start optimizing um, on that level as well. Um, you can obviously do this on a business level. I think in the future, even for companies, and we've done this for some of the biggest corporates, we would not only apply AI to help optimize their key performance indicators in terms of just throughput yield quality, uh, for instance, in the industrial world, but also the demand side. So you can build, um, uh, uh, if you instrument all parts of the business, you can do simulations and build models on that level as well. So there's incredible opportunities to use that type of thing also um, as we instrument um, uh, on, on different levels, on community level, for instance, as well. So here I'm just giving the community view of that. But then just to think of uh, in terms of monetization here. So you can monetize by advertising, selling of anonymized data and services, subscriptions, transactions. You can have people benefiting or businesses or service providers that's all connected uh, in this world. And then you can even have this with smart cities, smart communities. Um, and you can have, again, this is where I believe blockchain technology plays an incredibly important role. And it, I'm quite excited about what's happening in that ecosystem where you, where you can include smart contract-based services within this hyper-connected networks and each entity has its own data and AI system and they can engage and they can have smart contracts that does various things. So this is definitely futuristic, this is, but this is the world. Uh, we live, remember, we're living, we, we see this exponential changes. We are going to be surprised because we see time is linear and we will be surprised by some of these kind of things happening. So if we can engineer things to, to, to create that better future using smart technologies. So this is what I'm trying to communicate here as well. And, and I think the last slides on this, I'm just bringing together um, how Sapiens is a vehicle that supports the MTP for humanity and helps to implement many aspects of the MTP goals. Um, and, and I'm just talking about imagining the world where you see this working. So I'm talking a little bit about that. Um, I'm not just gonna go to the next slide. So next slide is, is actually sh showing how an AI assistant or our sapiens could support um, various goals as well. Um, yeah, and, and it can do this on an individual level, but can also do this on a community level. So um, you can have a look at that. Then the rest of the book, and I'm not going to do this, it's almost like an appendix. So that's why I'm getting close to the top of the hour. So we want to leave time for questions. But I do have some really relevant, interesting 
um, stuff here because what I did here was just to, and, and I'll leave this because you will have the handouts. Um, in here, you will see a bit more information about the various things. So what I did in the book was I'm, I'm creating the smart technology era, setting that foundation, just talking about what, why I talking, why we say we are in the smart technology era. And then I'm talking about AI's exponential technology in this era. And then from a business school perspective, um, if I'm, I'm actually going into AI-driven digital transformation of the business enterprise. I've been doing this for many years, um, helping businesses thrive, and it's the whole spectrum. Obviously, we focus a lot on corporates and in big enterprises, but, but there are ways that smaller businesses can use AI um, as well. And, and there's, there's some things I'm giving some specific examples. And then the next few chapters is really focused on AI revolutionizing personalized engagement for consumer-facing business. You can almost look at the world, consumer-facing and industrial. And the industrial side, it's process and equipment enhancement. And then I also specifically highlight, because it's obviously close to my heart, because I think it's very important, um, is ultra-personalized, AI-enabled education, precision healthcare, and wellness. So that's a huge focus from a business side for us. But I also then, and, and Vim has already also talked about the impact on society and the perils and, and benefits. So I'm going into the impact on society, governments and public sector, um, the debates, the AI debates, um, there's a fascinating chapter on that progress and likely future paths of AI. But then I'm going, this is all a foundation for the beneficial outcomes for humanity. And I'm going to more details there and then talking about what does it mean to democratize AI to help shape the better future. And then I'm talking about sapiens. So that's kind of a summary. Uh, I'm not going to go too much uh, further detail. This is uh, all things that I do cover in the book. Um, and um, I think Verma has already given kind of an overview on, on specifically the benefits uh, as well. So I wanted to talk about AI's impact on society. Um, and, and this, but this is pretty much things that you also covered on a high level. But you can look at, read the book. You can, you can um, also look at the slides uh, where I talk about these kind of things. Um, and I think it's very important to make sense of, of, of the, the risks, but also the benefits for society and social good. And I maybe want to end with this, uh, just two quotes, the one from Max Techmark, uh, which I've also collaborated with, uh, president of the Future of Life Institute, where he said, everything we love about civilization uh, is a product of intelligence. So amplifying our human intelligence with AI has the potential of helping civilization flourish like never before, as long as we've managed to keep the technology beneficial. And then uh, Klaus Schwab uh, talked about smart technology era, and he said, we can enjoy more freedom, better health, higher levels of education, and more opportunities to live the, the, the lives they value while suffering less from insecurity and economic uncertainty. So the new technology, if shaped in a responsive, uh, responsible way, responsive way as well, could catalyze a new cultural renaissance that will enable us to feel part of something much larger than ourselves, a true global civilization, and, but the risk is we can roboticize um, humanity or we can say, let's lift humanity into a new collective and moral consciousness based on shared sense of destiny. That's why it's so important to create this massive transformative purpose, talk about a vision, give context to what we're doing with smart technology. And that's what I'm uh, talking about here. So I'm going to end with that. Um, so thank you very much. Um, open to questions as well. Um, you can look at the slides and we can take it from there. Hi, Jacques. Um, 
there are just, I think, uh, one or two questions that I think we'll have time to answer. Um, the first is, um, how do we ensure true democratization of AI by not leaving uh, the developing world behind? Uh, in places like Africa, we suffer from a huge infrastructure gap and some of the worst broadband penetration rates. Absolutely. So, so for me, that is a good question because I'm right here. I'm here in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I'm uh, very well connected with people that are making a difference and trying to create unicorns here. I'm optimistic about what we are doing here, um, but I'm, I'm also concerned because, because of the fast pace of how things move, we do see that, that um, there needs to be leapfrogging happening here, happening here. So we do have examples of financial inclusion, mobile wallets, we see a bit of that, but that's for me still a risk. And you know what, the way I'm looking at this, uh, we, we are like, if you think about humanity as a human body, if some parts of your body, your knee or your, your leg is not working, I'm gonna feel it. So it's, the, and we are very connected. We've got this nervous system uh, for society. So it's gonna be very important that we collaborate and work together and make sure that in this hyper-connected world, that all parts of humanity, wherever we live, that, that we help people, upskill people, um, so there's a huge responsibility on the people that's here. And we've, uh, we are fortunate to have some visionary leadership and people that's making an impact and difference, but we need a lot more of that. And we need assistance from, from the global communities, from the, from the developed um, in, uh, company environments as well. But I think it's a, it's, it is an opportunity where something like Sapiens, where you crack, create, use blockchain and you use all these kind of smart technologies to actually provide the environment where we can fast track things as well. I think on the African continent or other emerging markets, education is hugely important. So, and, and I've seen where governments are wasting money and not spending it in areas that matter and make a difference. And I also have one of the MTP goals where I talk about population growth and decline. We need to have a balance. If you want quality of life, you can't have excessive growth, but you also don't want decline. So you need to balance that as well. And, and look at quality. So um, yeah, no, it's a very, very topical, important question. Well, thank you so much. Um, I uh, appreciate all of you being here and, and just a reminder that um, our next webinar will be held this Thursday on social and sustainable finance research and uh, teaching. And um, all of the slides and recordings will be sent to everyone um, either later today or early tomorrow. So we appreciate all of you being here and your wonderful questions. And we look forward to seeing you at the next webinar. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank we'll you. Again sometime. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. -bye. bye, -bye.